Radioinfluence.com. The future is now. It's Tuesday. Welcome back to Live Bold and Boss Up. This week's episode, we have great tips for you. If you want to advance in your career, job enrichment, listen up. We've got some tips and tricks for you. Penny Parks is here to help us unravel this today. She's the president and founder of Lynx Financial LLC, which was an organization started over 15 years ago that completed a combined total of $2 billion in debt financing and capital raises for small to mid-sized companies. She's also been Um, a board member, a chair member, an advisory member of several different organizations, startups, volunteers, many different companies. So we really get to pick her brain and find out what makes her tick and find out what's been successful for her that you can use. So listen up and I hope you enjoy. Well, I want to jump right into it and um, hear more about the boards that you're on and and learn why you're involved in these boards and in, in the community so much. So thank you for being on here, Penny, with us. And why is it so important to you to be involved in the community? Lots of people will tell you different reasons for why why they volunteer. So I, I, I'll give you my I'll give you sort of my um, my philosophy. You know, I'm a big golfer. I started playing golf when I was 12 years old. And one of the things about golf that people don't think about, and golf is a very different sport than a lot of other sports for a lot of reasons. You know, it's a sport that people from of all skill levels can play at the same time because you're not really playing against other people. You're really playing against yourself, which is kind of an interesting thing. It's the only sport that you ever call a penalty on yourself. No other sport do you ever call a penalty. So it's just a little bit of a different game. One of the other things that's really neat about um, about golf is golfers have a mentality of you always want to leave the golf course in a little bit better shape than the way you found it. You know, you always see people raking the bunker and you don't just rake your own marks, you rake other people's marks. You know, you always repair a divot on the green and oftentimes not just your divot mark, but somebody else's divot mark. Because again, the philosophy as a, that a golfer always has is you're going to leave the course in a little bit better shape than the way you found it. So that's kind of my philosophy of life. I want to leave the world in a little bit better shape than the way I found it. And that philosophy is what drives me and what has caused me to become involved with so many different organizations. And it's been, you know, it's been a lifelong passion of mine. And, you know, if if I think back about all of the many organizations that I've been involved with over the years, you know, I'd like to feel that I've left them in a little bit better shape than the way I found them. Mm-hmm. So that's been, so th- that's, that's been my driving force. Oh, I love that philosophy. We should all have that philosophy. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think that's great. The way you look at golf, I didn't ever think that way. Right. I have like the Robin Williams version in my head. Have you ever heard that stand up comic? Like when he right. talks about golf, it's yes. hilarious. That's kind of the vision that I had. So <laughs> I, I really appreciate your view on that. I, I understand. You know, I, I would I would play every day if I didn't if I didn't work. I, I really do enjoy the game, and I'll tell you, I've gotten so much out of it. I was one of the founders of the Executive Women's Golf Association, which is now part of the LPGA um, Women's Amateur Golf 
uh, Association. And the organization I met, you know, lifelong friends, people from all over the United States. And it really gave me, you know, I think that's one of the other things about volunteerism that people don't think about is, you know, I had a mentor many years ago who, who told me and a number of other, you know, kind of young women at the time, that one of the advantages of volunteering is that you can really expand your skill sets in ways that you might not be able to in your in your job or in your profession. You know, you might have an opportunity like, you know, she always used the example that at one point in her career, she was somewhat stalled and she wasn't able to sort of move up the, up the ladder, corporate ladder. And so for her, by her volunteering, she was put in charge of like a United Way campaign. This enabled her to really, you know, show herself in a leadership position outside of her work. And, you know, it was a very, turned out to be very successful. And then um, shortly thereafter, she was promoted, you know, from her at her job. And that was one of the advantages of, because again, when you do that, it's less stressful. And, you know, if it doesn't go well, it's not your job. I mean, of course, you hope it goes well. But on the same time, token, it also puts you in a different light and it shows like could show leadership skills and other, you know, you know, skills that you have that you wouldn't normally get an opportunity, you know, to see shine in your work. So I think that that's one of the other things that's really neat about volunteering that people don't often think about is that type of an, you know, is the benefit from your career perspective, you know, your career uh, that you wouldn't have ordinarily. That's a great point. I didn't think of it that way either, just as far as, you know, showcasing your leadership skills and you don't have that pressure of your job on the line either. So that's a great point. And, 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 you know, and when you all, the other thing I always look at too, is I've met the most wonderful people from volunteering and people, again, that you wouldn't ordinarily meet in your normal, you know, walk and walk of life, because you're going to meet people, you know, the, 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 what you may only have in common is that everyone has a strong affinity to that particular cause. And so that's, that is often like the basis of your relationship with the people that you're going to meet is that maybe, maybe you're all, you know, uh, golfers that want to learn how to play or, or really want to use golf and business, which was one of the reasons why, you know, I was one of the founders of the Executive Women's Golf Association was it was a way, and this was you know, like 35 years ago, this was a way for women to really, um, you know, be able to do conduct business or learn how to do business on the golf course. And so, you know, we all had that same, you know, belief and affinity. And from there, we built our relationship. So how would you recommend someone getting involved in a specific philanthropy or organization, nonprofit? How would you recommend someone do that? I've been asked that question in the past, Stephanie, and what I always tell people is I would start with something for which you're really passionate, okay? And that could be, you know, if you're an animal lover, uh, maybe the Humane uh, Society or, you know, the SPCA or, you know, because if, if, if that's if, you know, if you love animals and, and you want to, you know, think about the care of animals and, and how, to, how to help animals, I always suggest to people there needs to be a personal tie-in. You know, a lot of people, you know, we were earlier talking about the University of Tampa and the University of South Florida. If that's your alma mater, if you have a you know strong affinity from that perspective, you know, you had a great time or you, you know, had a great experience at your at your university wanting to get involved. And even for people that don't actually live in the community, you know, in which their university was, there's still opportunities and ways for you to get involved if that's where your passion is. But I always suggest to people start with something where you have a 
personal tie-in. Because back to what we were speaking about earlier, people that you're going to meet and you're going to interact with, you all all have that same common bond and that same affinity to wanting to, uh, you know, to wanting to make, you know, your, that organization better, whatever that organization is. Mm-hmm. I was involved with Make-A-Wish for a number of years and, and was the, the local chair and just a wonderful organization. And it was, it was so neat to meet families who, whose lives had been so dramatically impacted by the opportunity for their child or for the person to have had a wish granted. And there's all kinds of studies about how that really helps people that are trying to, you know, kind of make their way through cancer or some other life-threatening um, illness. It really makes a difference for them. And meeting those people and working, you know, work, you know, those people, you know, they'll be lifelong volunteers for Make-A-Wish because it made such a difference for their life. And it just was a terrific experience having an opportunity to meet those folks and work with them. Is that how you got started, Penny? Did you start doing it as more of a volunteer? Because your, but your experience really is, is now like advisors, uh, you know, of, of um, startups and of other companies that, you're advising these CEOs, right? So is that how you kind of got started? Did you start as a volunteer at some of these areas and just kind of like move your way up to get on like an advisory type of board? How did you move up to that place? I guess what I would say, Ashley, is Thankfully, or people people felt that I had I had value to contribute, and in a lot of cases, these were folks that had met you know met me through volunteer types of opportunities and saw how I made a difference with this organization or really helped this organization go take it to the next level, and so from there they felt comfortable with having me advise them advise their company or advise some other project or interest in which they were involved. So, you know, I, I, I think it was a combination of, of, you know, sort of being exposed to folks, but also then there's the, you know, you need to utilize your own skills and your own, you know, your own, who you are to make that difference. You're in addition to being involved with nonprofits and volunteering your time, you're also on many boards Yes. How did you how did you get involved with that? And we have lots of questions around that, too. So when you are you talking about like startup company boards or are you talking about we can start with the startup you know, company boards and then also you're on the UT board. And how did that evolve? And I know you're involved in quite a few. See, I'm also of the opinion that if I'm going to get involved with an organization, then to maximize my um, time and to maximize uh, what I'm going to, you know, what it's going to be about for me, I feel that the best way to do that is to truly volunteer. And so again, I'm a, you know, I'm a, a junior league sustainer. And so, you know, one of the neat things about being in the junior league is it teaches you how to be a volunteer. And a lot of people, you know, you know, a lot of people that aren't familiar with the junior league organization, they sometimes roll their eyes because they don't really understand, you know, how beneficial or what the junior league is about. But one of the greatest things that the junior league really taught, taught me and teaches, teaches young women is how to be a volunteer. And so, you know, the, the, the junior league, you know, 
know, breaks down tasks into small amounts and assigns everyone a task, you know, has different and, and creates a system so that at the end of the day, whatever your role was in the junior league, you will feel that you, that they couldn't have made it without you. And that that's a terrific place to be as an organization because you want all of your volunteers to be as bought into the organization, you know, as everyone, as, as everyone is. And, and you do truly feel at the end, wow, they could not have done it this year if I hadn't done X or whatever. And so I think that the junior league has done a really great job of helping you learn how to be a good volunteer. So my thought is if I'm going to get involved. So for instance, one of the organizations that I've more recently gotten involved with is Copperhead Charities. And if you're not familiar with it, the Copperhead Charities, um, we run the Valspar golf tournament over at Innisbrook each year. It's a PGA Tour event, and we raise a lot of money for local charities. And so, yes, there's prize monies that are given to the PGA Tour professionals that win the tournament, but we also raise money for a lot of local charities who otherwise wouldn't, you know, be giving these, given these monies. And so when I became involved with that, they asked me to join, which I was, you know, thrilled and honored that they'd asked me to join. And then the next thing, you know, I'm on the board. And then the next thing you know, they asked me to, you know, to be involved with a committee. But again, my thought is if I'm going to get involved, I want to be involved because I think that you get the most out of the experience when you are in a leadership position. And that's because, you know, that starts with being at the committee level. And then once you've done the committee, you know, maybe you chair the committee. And then after you chair the committee, you move up. And again, a lot of those are traits and, and te techniques that were taught to me by, you know, through the junior league. Yeah. And a lot of the times, were you overlapping your different boards and different uh, volunteer work too? Way too much. Yeah. Way too much. Yes. So I have, um, I'm also the past chair of the CEO Council of Tampa Bay. And so I'm in a round table in the CEO Council of Tampa Bay. And one of my, one of my fellow round table members, he's so, he's just a wonderful man. So he, he got a pad of paper out and he said, all right, Penny, he says, I'm going to, you need to write down number one, number two, number three, number four. And, and so, and every time I see him now, he always asks me, okay, Penny, what have you got? What board have you gotten off of? Because <laughs> I was way too involved with too many different, right. too many, too diff and, and I do believe that, that you can spread oneself too thin. And then the, the downside to that is, and, and again, I speak from experience, you don't get to enjoy, you know, like the year that you are the chair or the, the year that you are the president or, you know, you're in charge of this committee, you know, you lose something. Not only maybe do you, are you not able to give it your all because you're trying to give all these other organizations your all, but I think that you also lose the opportunity, the enjoyment, because there is enjoyment um, and fulfillment in serving in these types of leadership roles. Yeah. So that actually brings us to one of our questions that we had. Is there a moment where there's too much? Is there a point where it's too much jumping into this? Because I'm sure at the advisory level, at volunteering, everybody wants your time, right? And your help, especially once you've done a lot of them and they right. know that you're effective. So at what point did you realize that maybe what what is too much, for, you know, do you think, and and maybe it's different for each person, but- I would say that it is different for each person. I, I do believe that. Uh, I also think that um, it is likely best if you, you know, if you're going to chair one organization, I would just do that at a time. There have been situations where I've had a couple months of an overlap, which was a little dicey, and I would not recommend. I would not recommend. <laughs> what's the old saying? Do as I say, not as I do. What's that? What's that old joke? Yeah. Okay. Yes. But but I would say that that 
just to make it make it more meaningful for for yourself you know if, if i were to you know what would i tell my younger self you know how oftentimes people ask you that question mm-hmm. i would tell my younger self don't do that don't do that again it's best to just you know be you know be the leader of one organization at a time it's it, it is a little much to do more than one at a time you're currently at an executive level full time and i know you're advising on a fabulous startup um Yes. You know, currently. And then you're still doing other volunteers, I believe, right? Currently. So that's that's a lot on your it plate. It is a lot. It, it, it is a lot. But but I think that, you know, a lot of the, the organizations, I think that in the years past, what a lot of times people would, in, would ask me to do is to come in. I, I was known as someone who could come in and really help grow an organization or really help make a difference in an organization. And so I can think of one, um, the Association for Corporate Growth is one that comes to mind or the ACG. It's an organization of um, M&A professionals. It's a wonderful organization. It's a, it's actually an international organization. I was the local chair for a number of years, and then they actually put me on the national board, and I was, you know, part of their strategic planning process a number of years ago, and it was just a terrific experience, and had an opportunity, again, to meet people all over the United States that I wouldn't have ordinarily met, so it was just a, a terrific organization, mm-hmm. but when I first joined, I can remember, they kept telling me, you know, they said, um, you know, we had, we had a board that had 40 members, and, but at the time, we only had 60 members. And I remember saying to him, I said, y'all, that doesn't make any sense. Because number one, I said, I can talk to 60 people in a day. I mean, I don't want to, I don't need to be a part of an organization that's going to have, <laughs> you know, that only has 60 members. And they said, well, Penny, we've never had more members than that. And there's something about when people tell me that I can't do something. Yeah, just tell me I can't do something. And <laughs> I, I can love assure it. You, I can assure you that I can do it. And so I remember them very, this was many, many years ago, about 20 years ago. I remember them saying very haughtingly telling someone telling me, oh, well, Penny, we've never had more than 60 members and we'll never have. I said, why don't we have like a hundred members? And they said, we'll never have very haughtingly told me we'll never have a hundred members. Well, let me just tell you something in less than a year, we had a hundred members. And then (laughs) the next thing, you know, we had 200 members and now we've got almost 300 members. The organization has almost 300 members. And you know what else is interesting? In fact, they were so impressed with how well we had done in Tampa. They, I got some award for it. And then they, that's why they put me on the national board because they figured your penny's got the secret sauce on how to grow <laughs> membership. So I don't know, maybe it is telling me that you can't get something done that you just do it. Right. I don't know if that's what it is, but, but I think that, that um, a lot of times I've been asked to get involved with organizations that that are kind of looking to grow or need to, you know, kind of need to take themselves to the next level. I also believe though, that all boards ought to have term limits just like I think a lot of organizations ought to really think about having term limits because I think too, you need, you know, you need people to have an opportunity, new people to come in with new uh, and fresh ideas and a new perspective to help take an organization to the next level. You know, it's not like it's just Penny's organization. It needs to be an organization that's self-sustaining without, you know, just Penny driving membership. And thankfully, you know, all the, you know, I'd like to think that all these organizations with which I've been involved, that that's where they are, that they are just doing great. You know, Make-A-Wish is killing it. You know, ACG is killing it. Uh, I was the chair for the, the American Cancer Society's uh, Breast Cancer Walk one year. And, and we really, the year I did it, you know, we, in the past, we just raised this amount of money. And the year I did it, we really ramped up how much we've raised. Well, shoot, now I think they're raising twice as much money as the year that, that I chaired it. And that's terrific. You know, that's what you 
want to see happen. That makes yep. a difference for the, the community. Right. right. I was going to say, you might be getting a lot of calls after this. <laughs> <laughs> we need Penny. Yeah. But I, I love that. I love that perspective. You need to have fresh eyes, fresh kind of ideas, right? So new people kind of yes. moving through, right? New passions, just to kind of keep it going, keep the excitement going. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, you know, I'll tell you, I think a lot of the the better, I, you know, I say the better volunteers and not that everyone isn't a terrific volunteer, but a lot of, you know, senior, a lot of senior people, if you were to say, I want you to join this board and there's no like end date, they, they won't do it. I mean, I, mm-hmm. you know, I can remember when we, you know, because we had like a plan to like, for instance, when I did the ACG, we had like a, we had a plan figured out for how we were really going to grow the organization. And a lot of it started with, I mean, I remember going to the first, he was a, a well-known attorney here in town and he was a graduate, my undergraduate degree is from Wake Forest and he was a Wake Forest graduate. And I just remember we were having breakfast and he said, all right, so Penny, what do you want? And I kept, you know, I do the whole innocent, what do you mean? What do I want? How do you know I want something? And he started to chuckle. He says, because I know you, what do you need? And I told him that was for ACG. I said, I need you to be a sponsor. I need you to help me with the program. And I need you and other people from your firm to become members. And to his credit, he did all three of those things. But again, part of it was, you know, I wanted him to be, you know, I wanted him to be on the board. And he was like, I'm, I, I can, I can't do this forever, Penny. You know, I can do this for a finite amount of time because again, you know, you need fresh ideas. And so he really got me thinking that that's, and I I believe that that's the case. You can't stay involved forever with an organ. I mean, you can, but I think that allow other people an opportunity to put their perspective and to put their stamp on an organization or a cause. It's kind of like me and exercise. Like I have to have an end goal or like a date to like reach something by. And then that way I know what I'm working towards. I know. Yeah. Kind of like that timeline. Exactly. So with all of your boards, nonprofits, your current job that you're involved in on a daily basis, how do you prepare and how do you stay organized for all of these? Probably not very well. (laughs) well. My business links financial. So I started the company, it's been um, 15 years. And so, you know, I, I call myself an accidental entrepreneur you know, I, I worked for a large, uh, a large bank, and I thought I would work there forever. Uh, and it just didn't work out that way. Um, and so I ended up uh, you know, kind of doing my own thing. The thought of working for someone else, it's funny, I had um, a, a good friend of mine, after I'd owned my company for three years, she says, congratulations, Penny, you are now unemployable. I says, what do you mean? And she says, anyone who's owned, your own, owned their own business for more than three years could never, you know, would have a hard time working for anyone else again. And I, and I understand her. I understand her thought process. But what we do at Lynx Financial is we, um, we help businesses raise capital. We help businesses. We help people sell businesses. We help people buy out partners. We help people sell their businesses. We help people restructure their companies all of those sorts of things. And so we're in the capital raising business, which is, you know, very, very important to a lot of people. And I think, uh, you know, when I think about all of the things that I've done from a volunteer perspective, and, and I do feel that I, that I am truly going to leave the, the place, the country in a better or, or the community in a better shape than the way I found it. I do believe that of all the things I do, I can make the greatest impact. You know, it gives me so much pleasure. My first two clients were both women owned businesses. And they'll tell you, you know, that I helped them raise capital when there was when no one else would have helped them be able to raise capital. You know, there's another uh, woman who 
um, their their business kind of needed to be restructured before we were able before they were able to sell a company. And you know, to this day, whenever she sees me, she always reminds me how grateful she is, you know, for for me helping her helping her do that for her company. And, you know, it just kind of brings tears to my eyes when I think about that, um, that I, that, so from that perspective, I feel like I really, of all the things I've done have made a big difference. So I have, I've had some of the companies that I've helped raise capital or that I've helped to do something with, they've asked me to serve in an advisory role, sometimes more officially and sometimes not as official. And, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, honored to do that. And, and I, and I'm thrilled that they feel that my advice and my counsel, you know, has helped them and continues to help them grow and evolve, you know, their business, which is just a terrific place to be. What is it about, Someone telling you no, or someone saying, Hey, Penny, no one's helped me raise capital. Can you help me? Like, what is it about that that just makes you want to jump in? I guess that's just my personality, Ashley. I don't know what, I don't know how to say that. I just, it's just like, tell me no and then watch me go. Right. Because I just, I don't know what it is, but, you know, I'm very, very competitive. You know, my, my first roommate in college and I, I mean, we used to see who could take a shower faster. <laughs> I would lose that one. But we, you know, and we were, but we were both so, you know, we were both so competitive. You know, I, I was always keen on, you know, I got to get that best grade in the class and that kind of, you know, that kind of stuff. So I did finish first in my MBA class. Just nice. So. Nice. Wow. Would you, parents- I, I don't, I don't tell people, I mean, I, I don't know. I just don't tell people that on often, but it's really lovely. The president of the university of Tampa, he's so lovely. He always remembers that. And he always tells people, and I'm like, Dr. Vaughn, you don't have to say Aww. that. But it's very nice. He's always very lovely to, to, to recognize that. Would your parents say that about you that uh, they told you no, and then you would want to do the opposite? Oh gosh. Yes. Oh gosh. Yes. <laughs> oh gosh. Yes. Yeah. What's next, Penny? What's next for you? So I got my eye on some community, some some other types of community um, board opportunities that I'm hoping work out. We'll we'll see. That um, you know, again, it's just looking for different ways to make you know to to maybe um, make an organization cool to be involved with, or or bring light to an organization that otherwise wouldn't you know that kind of maybe has remained in the shadows in some way. So I have continued to find those types of opportunities. I think one of the other things that I do, I'm always about helping women. That's been my whole career, has always been about helping women, you know, whether it's women in a career, take their career to the next level, whether it's been, you know, young women to, you know, help them make sure that they, you know, get their education. Because I can always hear my mom in the back of my mind, you know, the education is the greatest, you know, that's the greatest equalizer, you know, it's something that no one could ever take away from you. You know, my, my mother never graduated from college, and she was like the only person in her family to not graduate from college. And so she was just keen on both my sister and I were absolutely going to graduate from college because again, that's something that no one can take an education is something no one can take away from you. So I'm really keen on helping, making sure young women get their education, whatever that education looks like. So I'll always do those kinds of things. And then again, I always love helping, you know, business, uh, business women. And, you know, I look at, you know, they, they publish the different magazines, publish, you know, the top 10 women owned businesses or the whatever minority owned. And it does give me pleasure when I read that list of the top 50, you know, women owned businesses that I have have been involved with, you know, at least half of them at one point or another 
you know, in the past, that just gives me, that just gives me great joy to think that, that, you know, in my own little small way I've helped, you know, make them gotten them out of a pickle or, or helped them raise capital when they needed that kind of thing. You know, since you've done so much to help women grow, whether it's in their corporate role or, you know, their business, is there like one tip that you find that is reoccurring that you can share? Like, is it, is it maybe a confidence thing? Is it, is it something maybe intangible that, that you've noticed across the board? Never, ever, ever give up. That's a good one. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's that tenaciousness. I love it. <laughs> Well, because I mean, there's plenty of times where people just don't believe in you and you can't let that get in your head. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that conversation you have your, with yourself at two o'clock in the morning. Gosh, I shouldn't have said this or gosh, I shouldn't have done this or I, you know, how it's, and it's always about like how you, you know, you yourself have screwed up. You know, the only person we're hurting when you, when we do that is ourselves. Right. Yeah. And nobody else, nobody else cares as much as we do about it. So just, we need to get, you know, the, 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 the self-doubting, we just need to stop all of this. And, you know, and, you know, I think a lot of times that particularly women, we think, oh, well, when I get to this level, it's not going to happen. Or when I lose this amount of weight, or when I have this much money in the bank, it's not going to happen. Sadly, having worked with and been around so women at so many different levels in their lives, that is unfortunately the case, regardless of where you are in that spectrum. Mm-hmm. So what we need to all think about is just stop that. Just stop. Yeah. Instead, when you're, if you're awake at two o'clock in the morning, you know, do something more productive. I've been, um, this is kind of getting off topic a little bit, but I'll do that exact same thing that you just talked about. And I'll try to I'll listen to like a meditation podcast or something just to make me stop forgetting about whatever my mind is racing about. And then I can fall back to sleep. You yeah. must have done that this morning because you were texting at like what, oh, three I or did. four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've all we've all gotten those three or four o'clock in the morning texting. Like, <laughs> yep. What are you doing, y'all? Yeah, yep. she did that this yep, morning. I did. <laughs> But um, anyways, Penny, thank you so much for all the knowledge and um, everything that we talked about today. I love um, the the advice on getting into getting onto boards, getting involved in the community, um, supporting you know women. Of course, we're big um, supporters of that um, because I I feel like you know I want to do more and be more. So that helps me. Uh, personally. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much. And uh, thank you to Next Path. And make sure you rate, review, comment, like, share this podcast, please. We'd really appreciate it. It takes all of you guys to keep this going. So we really appreciate all the love. And until next time, live bold and boss up. This week on Crush Performance, we talk with Angus Mugford, Vice President of High Performance for the Toronto Blue Jays. We'll discuss their incredible new player development complex. It's a $100 million commitment to player development, and it's one of the crown jewels in all of sport. We'll talk about their approach to player performance and the true meaning behind their mantra, get better every day. And MLB caliber players are coming from all over the world. We talk with Tom Gillespie, Pittsburgh Pirate Scout and Supervisor for Europe and Africa, about the hunt for talent and what they're looking for. And we'll look at how Tom and a very cool group of people are using baseball to bring youth together to play ball in some of the most challenging locations on earth through their incredible Play Global program. 
So join us as we talk player development start to finish on this week's episode of Crush Performance. Crush Performance with Jeff Crushell can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.